Welcome back to Talk of the Town on 99.7 and 1450 WHTC on WHTC.com and on the WHTC app for your smartphone. Once again, here's your host, Gary Stevens. Welcome back to Talk of the Town for this Tuesday, January 9th. Tuesday mornings, we catch up with the master gardener, Jan Musen of DeBrine Seed, Washington Elm in downtown Zealand, talk about yard and garden topics, even in the winter when uh, it is not yard and garden season, planning for the yard and garden season, preventing critters from getting into your homes, and other fun things we chat with Jan about. We missed her last week. We are very pleased to have her back with us this week. Jan, I hope Things are moving a little better for you and today, and glad you were able to join us. <laughs> well, at least I'm not in the hospital, so hey, we're all happy about that. Yeah, indeed, uh, we we are glad to have our health, and uh, glad G- Jan is able to join us. If you have a question for Jan, she'll be happy to answer it at 616-395-1450, 616-395-1450. A couple of stories did come across my wire that I sort of saved for you. Okay. Uh, you, of course, being a birder, would definitely be interested in this story. It was slug, kill owl, save owl. That's what the slug. Yeah. Fed- federal wildlife officials are planning to hire hunters to kill up to 100,000 owls so that around 7,000 other owls can survive. You see, the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service says cat-sized barred owls, barred owls, are yes. invading and taking over the habitat of small of smaller northern spotted owls, which are protected oh. under the Endangered Species Act. Okay. Federal officials say without action, the spotted owl could become extinct in the near future. Barred owls are bigger, hungrier. Better breeders, stronger, moving into new territory in Northern California and the Pacific Northwest, and out-competing the spotted owls. Poor little things. Yes. You know, it's it's the, uh, you know, survival of the fittest, and right now, the Northern spotted owls are, you know. Not very fit. They're losing. Ah. Uh, <laughs> Wildlife experts say northern spotted owl populations have dropped by more than 75% over the past two wow. decades in the part of their range where barred owls have moved in more aggressively. Barred owls have been around for about 50 years. Okay, well. So they're going to try to kill 100,000 barred owls to allow those 7,000 spotted owls a chance to survive. I wonder... If owls make good eating, I, I hate to just kill them for, or if they could feed them to something mm-hmm. like in a zoo. Yeah. I don't know. You know, taxidermists would definitely be busy in that regard. If they're yeah, really? Oh, my gosh. Gives them some extra work to do. So yeah. uh, we'll see how the owls work. And, of course, I you know, mentioned that to my daughter-in-law, who's a big owl person. She likes owls. Whoa. So, you know, maybe, maybe, yeah. Hopefully, they don't muscle in with some of those little owls that they, you know, they, 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 they. I think the one owl in, you know, in New York is back. 
<laughs> that cute little owl there. So they're cute. Anyway, uh, yes. the other story is down in Georgia, an invasive tree fog, tree frog species has appeared in the peach state. Department of Natural Resources says the carnivorous amphibian from the Caribbean was first discovered in the southern part of Georgia nearly two decades ago. A breeding population has since been found in a pond along the Georgia coast last year. Now, these invasive tree frogs can reach up to five and a half inches long, and that's larger than any frog native to the state. Kermie's in trouble in Georgia. Oh, my goodness. Well, frog legs, I wonder if they're good to eat. I don't know. We'll see. You know, these Caribbean frogs, <laughs> you, you really don't know. You really don't know. So I saved those stories for you to uh, yeah, thank you. To peruse about as uh, Jan is also uh, with background as a uh, in veterinary uh, skills. So uh, that's why we bring the frog stories in, although... We've been dealing with invasive species of bugs and fish. So maybe they'll import. No, I don't know if these Caribbean frogs can survive in this type of weather up here. Yeah, I kind of doubt it. Kind of yeah. doubt it. Yeah, it, it, it is. All right, 616-395-1450, 616-395-1450. All right. We know about the movie Edward Scissorhands. Yes. You know, uh, I think it was Johnny Depp who played Edward. Oh, uh, that's right. Yeah. And you know, and you know, one of Vincent Price's last roles, he got the he got it at the end, but still, you know, anytime you have Vincent Price in a movie, it's a good you know, it's a good movie. It's a know? good one. Yeah. Uh, uh, but uh, Renona Ryder was in it as well. But one of the things about Edward Scissorhands that uh, stands out was his ability to uh, trim shrubbery into works of art. Yes, that's right. He did do that, didn't he? Yes. So it leads to the question of whether or not trimming and pruning could be considered an art form, or was it just simply a... Uh, a, a, a Tim Burton movie experience. You, well, I you think might, it's an yeah. art form. It's expressing your, yeah, creative side. I think it's an art form. But yet, you know, if you prune, if you pruned, a lot of times it's functional, and but, that's, yeah. that's what our friends at the utilities do. They do functional <laughs> pruning of trees. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, they get out the cherry picker. Yes, right. Yeah, and then but, you know they have tree shapes that are you know not human. You know they belong to the outer limits. I mean, <laughs> <that's>, <laughs> or beyond. You know, uh, uh, it belongs in a science fiction show from the nineteen sixties instead. However, yeah. there is a class that you can master the art of pruning. Tell us a little bit yeah. about it. Yeah, um, 
Michigan State University Extension offers this class. They've done this class for the last couple of years. I took it the first year they offered it, and I loved it. You learned so much about pruning, um, about what to prune, what not to prune, when to prune. Uh, it's just, it's absolutely amazing. Um, she, um, Rebecca Finneran from uh, the Extension does it. She is a, a whiz at pruning. Um, she's offering it twice this winter, once on January 31 and once on February 21. She only has 40 people in the class. It is a Zoom class, 40 people only. She allows questions from the crowd. You can send in pictures of maybe you've got some bushes or some trees you don't know how to trim or some fruit trees. or Take some pictures of them. She'll put them up on and she'll talk and tell you exactly what to cut out and when and why. And it is so interesting. But if you want to, you've got some fruit trees that have never really, you know, given you that much fruit. Pruning is the way to go to get more fruit. So and you have to do it the correct way. So this class will get you, uh, will get you all that knowledge. If you need um, some continuing ed Ed hours. This will give you four if you take this class. Um, it's forty dollars. I know that you know everything's got a price to it nowadays, but you have to sign up for it and quickly if you want to get to that January thirty first. Um, I signed up one of our guys here to do it this year, and we, they were already well into the twenties for that first class. So if you want to get in that first class. Uh, get onto the MSU Extension site, go under events and look under um, pruning and sign up for that class. Um, it, it is well worth your time. It takes, I think it's four hours from one to five um, on those days. It is a wonderful class. Master the science and art of pruning. And wintertime is a good time perhaps to further one's education in gardening so that what you learn now can be applied when the weather does turn to be warmer and it's time yeah. to plant and, and, and to tend to your garden. There's a foundations of gardening course starting at the first of the month. First yes, of February. Now, yeah. This one is an important one. If you want to become a master gardener, you have to take this class and pass this class. There are there are there are tests, but remember, it you, you're doing this online, so it's basically an open book test. It's not terribly hard to do, um, but they cover a lot of material in ten weeks, um, from February one to April eleven, Thursday evening from six to eight thirty. Um, they have speakers on every possible subject you can even imagine um you know from plant science to lawn care to trees and shrubs to vegetables to environmental gardening it they cover everything um i took the class years ago and there was a test after every every um class um easy to do I mean, you had to have it done by the next class. It wasn't that hard open book, no big deal. But you have to attend all of the, the lectures you can. Since it is a, a virtual one, you can 
you know, go back and look at it again if you want. Or if you missed one, you can go back and grab it. But it's $350. There were some scholarships out there. I don't know if they've all been taken or not, but it might be worth a try to get one. Um, but you have to take this class if you want to be a master gardener or just take it for fun. And then you don't have to take the tests. You don't have to pass the tests. Um, but, uh, yeah, go on to... Um, MSU Extension, and look for Foundations of Gardening. 616-395-1450 is our number. If you have a question for the Master Gardener, Jan Musen, 616-395-1450. Before we take a break, I do want to bring up a couple of things about uh, things on sale right now at DeBrine Seed. The Black Oil Sunflower Seed. It, you still have some left? I thought they'd fly off of the shelves and it'd be sold out by now. We get a semi-load of it oh. in every two weeks. Oh, so you can't sell out. All right. <laughs> so that's 45,000 pounds every two weeks of sunflower seeds. So, yeah, we do sell a lot of it. And I'll tell you, with the snow, all of a sudden people are thinking, oh, birds. Um, I know my birds. I hadn't seen them for a couple of days. All of a sudden this morning, they're sitting on the feeder again. So um, they're back. They're hungry. Uh, get out there and feed them. However, while the black oil sunflower seed seems to be always coming in, another item for the birds is not coming in anymore. And as, as soon as they're gone, they're gone. They're talking about the uh, nature's window bird suet. Yeah, Ken got a, a, a pallet of it, and I was noting that the pallet is way down right now. Um, the, so they're on sale. Um, it's twelve ninety eight for a case of 12. They're going fast. I will guarantee you that. We just have what's out there on that pallet. Um, and there are a lot of different flavors on it, like woodpecker and peanut butter or whatever. I'm not quite sure, but there are different flavors. So, yeah, get out. Get here and get your suet because the birds love suet this time of year. One other thing that I need to pass along for those of you who are part of um, the Zealand BPW, the Zealand Power Dollars program is going away at the end of the month, isn't it? Yeah, it goes away on January 31st. That is the last day you can um, bring in your power dollars to get them exchanged for for merchandise here in the store. So um, if you've got those power dollars and you don't know what to do with them, bring them over to DeBrines. You can always get some bird seed. Uh, uh, wait a minute. Uh, you're giving power to birds. Okay. Yes, yeah, you bet. Yes. Okay. I, I thought maybe, you know, you have to get some things that deal with power, you know, electricity, you know, uh, uh, fun things like that. Well, um, anyway, what do I know? I, I don't live in Zealand, so I don't get any power dollars. You, know. you don't get power dollars. Oh, gal. Yeah. All of us in the, in the, in the provinces, uh, we're, we're not, we're not as privileged. Yeah. I don't that. get them either. So <laughs> it is not yard and garden season. We, we, we certainly understand that, but the Brian seed is also your stop for trying to make sure that, uh, your driveways, your sidewalks, your roofs are clear of snow and ice. And since we had a little calling card from uh, the wintry season <laughs> this morning, 
some areas more than just a calling card, uh, <laughs> an out-and-out dump. Uh, there are certain things that the brine has that can help you get through this particular season with ice melts and hot socks and roof melt. And we're going to ask Jan to be our instructress right now. How to apply ice melt and when to apply ice melt. I think we need a primer, Jan. Well, you know, I see a lot of people doing it incorrectly. So we need to do it correctly now. I have a neighbor that puts down ice melt so thick that basically you just walk on it. Um, it just crunches as you walk. That is not necessary. Ice melt works by when you put the little little crystal down, what it does is it melts. And that prevents it from refreezing and getting and getting ice there. Well, once it starts to melt, it spreads out. And if you've got ice melt so close together that they're touching, they can't melt and they can't work correctly. So you need to spread it out um, like you're salt and peppering your food. You, you don't want to put that much salt on your food. So you don't want to put that much salt on your driveway. So, you know, spreading it out by hand kind of gets it in clumps. It's really not good. I take, I've got this little plastic um, fertilizer spreader, grass seed spreader, and you, I can just walk over and just, and I just turn the little thing and it scatters it out in a really nice pattern. And I don't have to, I'm not putting it out too thickly. That's the number one thing. Number two, you put it down before it starts to snow. That is the best way. Otherwise, you know, it snows, you walk on it, and then you throw the ice melt down. Well, now it's got to go through that layer of snow or ice that you've packed down on there. So you need to get it down. I put it down, you know, I put down ice melt last night, and my driveway was nice and clear this morning. I didn't have any, any even any snow on it. So um, that's the way to do it is to put it down before you have the problem. Not only that, you know, then then people start saying, well, Jan, you know, did you get, are you part of the snow melt from Zealand that, uh, you know, that they put the wires up to, you know, to get that out? And you say, no, <laughs> no, 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 no. I just prepared. I did it at the right time. And that makes all the difference. Yeah. Who needs snow melt? <laughs> That's right. Yeah. And it's not coming up to the brine, by the way. Uh, the snow melt is on no. Main Avenue. It's not coming up toward, you know, Washington and Elm where the brine is. Uh, but timing is so much the importance and, uh, you know, being, you know, keeping an eye on the forecasts. And also there is, for the most part, a case where it might get too cold to drop down that ice melt, isn't it? Um, on certain Certain types of ice melt, if a rock salt does not um, melt at a very cold temperature. Um, so, you know, if you're going to put down rock salt, um, outside of it being very corrosive um, and not good for your plants, it, it's only going to work up to about 25 degrees outside. Once it gets colder than that, you need to pull out the 
the better products and they will work there. We've got ice melt that will work well below zero. So um, it just depends on what type of ice melt you, you purchase. 616-395-1450. Jan, I got this email from uh, uh, some of this outfit trying to uh, 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 set up uh, an affiliate-friendly relationship with radio stations. And this group is called Plants for Pet Parents. And they're offering opportunity to infuse your living spaces with lush, pet-safe plants. Okay. Okay. They didn't say what these plants are, but innovative online store ensures every plant is non-toxic for cats and dogs, blending safely with beauty for your most cherished spaces. Each plant is certified by the ASPCA, or scientific sources is non-toxic to pets. And there's a range of handcrafted pots, planters, plant-themed gifts. Uh, plant for pe- plants for Pet Parents has been recognized as a top choice for pet-safe plants, contributing to healthier, cozier homes for pets and their owners. Jan, I'm not going to buy into this thing, and I'm not going to you know, get this out. <laughs> I'm not saying it's a scam, but... Let's put it this way. Go to the brine seed. You and the staff can be able to instruct customers as to what plants are safe. You don't need to go to this plantsforpetparents.com site to get it from the brine. No, you don't. I, you know, I do. I have a list of things that are um, possible, potential, um, harmful for your animals. Um, But, you know, they really have to eat. And a lot of them, you have to eat quite a bit of it. And a lot of them is just basically, oh, you're going to get a stomach ache, like a poinsettia. But um, there are some that are um, fatal if you have them in the in this house. And if you've got one of those animals that likes to even just chew on them, um, it's not a good thing. So you can give me a call. I can, I can tell you, you know, from what I know of what ones you can and cannot have in the house. But... I have some of these that you're not supposed to have. I've got them in the house with my animals, and I've never had a problem with them chewing on these things. So, so they again, always seem to chew on the ones that are not toxic for some reason. <laughs> again, the key is go to the brine. You don't need to go online and, and get these uh, things shipped in, and you just don't know where they've been and you know whether yeah. or not they're, you know, uh, 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 you're you're bringing in something that's not native to the area and it's going to cause problems. No, go to go to the brine. They'll be able to help you. The brine seed, Washington and Elman, downtown Zealand, open six days a week, and they are available online at thebrineseed.com. Thebrineseed.com. Or you can call the brine at six one six seven seven two two three one six. 616-772-2316. Well, Jan, we got through it. <laughs> we did. I did it. Yay. Very good. Hopefully you continue to feel better with each passing day uh, that you'll be able to uh, join us for the Jan Musen Garden Show Saturday at 11. 
And then next uh, Tuesday with Dan Evans on the Garden Party around 845 and with us on the Yard and Garden Hour, hopefully back to the usual 1010 spot next Tuesday. Jan, thank you very much. Pray for your good health and look forward to chatting with you next week. Thank you very much. Dan Musen, the Master Gardener on 99.7 and 1450 WHTC.